You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. A loving dog, a good, obedient dog. Not like my two dogs. My two dogs are not obedient. They got the spirit of rebellion on them. No, they got the spirit of bad trainers on them. And so, and so, Bo, when you go into their house, Bo will jump up into your lap and he will run around, run around, and then he will come and he will, if you, especially if you have a pillow in your lap, he will come and he will just get on his back and lay on his back and let, let you pet his belly for approximately two seconds. And then Bo jumps up and just runs out someplace else. He grabs his bone, he goes, wants to play fetch, and then he jumps up, rolls on his back, and wants you to pet him again for two seconds. Bo is a bad rester, but a great example of how sometimes we treat rest. We struggle in the area of rest where God has specifically designed it for several things that are necessary to our well-being and to our body life that we have to have. I want to show you the very first example of rest that we see in the Bible in Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3. It says this, by the seventh day, that's behind me, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So let me ask you a question. Why would God rest? Have you ever thought about that before? Have you ever thought, why would the eternal, all-powerful God rest? What would he have a need to rest for? He is endless in energy and power, right, and strength. Why would he rest? I believe that he rested to show us a principle of something that's very important inside the idea of why we need to rest. This word rest means this, that we read here. It means to sit down and to sit still. Can you imagine with me for just a second that God sat down and he sat still? But what did God do in that period of resting? What did he do that was so important in setting a foundational principle of rest inside of us as a necessary thing for us during that time where he rested and admired what he had done? Well, we know from Genesis' account that he had just gotten done, finished making all the heavens and the earth, and he made Adam and he made Eve. And this word rest means this, to sit down, to be still, and to reflect upon something. God sat down and he sat still and he admired his handiwork, but more importantly, he took time to take pleasure in us, his creation. He sat down and he was still in this moment to take time to admire that which he had made. It is the first picture of rest and it's the the first time that we see the importance of this deep spiritual truth about rest. Because rest in us does several things. It does several things. But the primary thing it does is it brings our dependency back upon the fullness of God. If we don't rest, our tendency will be to look to our own strength and our own wisdom and our own ability to accomplish the things that either we feel God is calling us to or the things we want to do in our own life. 
And I want to tell you something this morning, and I'm sure most of you understand this, that there is not enough fuse in your candle for you to do what God has called you to do. You've got to rely upon Him. And some of the ways that we learn to rely upon God comes in our designated times of rest, where we stop and we begin to reflect on the one who created us and the one who loves us, the one in whose, uh, whose identity we are formed in and whose strength carries us, and we look to him and we just rest. And we just rest. We get our batteries recharged. Rest gives us the opportunity for three things that I see. Reflection, the opportunity to reset our lives, and rejuvenation, rejuvenation. I want to look at each one of these things within the context of the idea of rest, reflection, reflection. Familiar passage in Philippians 4, 8 and 9. We've read this many times, but I want to consider it a different way this morning. It says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Now we understand this passage, especially because before this, it it talks very clearly about coming to a place of peace in our life, being able to cast things upon the Lord, to, to let the anxieties of our life go. But what does this, or how does this apply in the context of rest, in the, in the importance of reflection? What happens in our life when we don't take time to reflect upon the good things that God has done in our life? What kind of characteristics get stuck to our soul in this time when we don't take to reflect? When God sat down and he admired his creation, he was looking and he was acknowledging a truth about himself that we all have to do within the context of rest when it comes to understanding reflection is that he understood of himself that he is good. And when we take time in rest to reflect upon the goodness of God, it begins to build in us A spirit of thankfulness that recharges our batteries. We get back in line with the nature of who God is. When we will run ragged in our life, when we just continue to go and go without having a, a time of rest in our life, what takes place is that oftentimes we'll find ourselves getting bitter, don't we? How many of you guys are like me? Don't, don't raise your hands or shake your heads or acknowledge. Just think. The more tired you are, the more complaining you get. The more, so you guys are nodding. I told you, don't do that, all right? All right. The more complaining you get, the more judgmental you get. The more judgmental you get, the more bitter you get. But really, what's the root cause? You're tired. You're tired. You haven't taken the time to rest. You haven't taken the time to rest and reflect upon the goodness of God. And inside the idea of rest, when we come to these times, these purposeful, intentional times of rest that God is asking us to create in our life, 
When we spend our rest time reflecting upon the goodness of God, it begins to build thankfulness inside of us. And then we begin to reflect that which we are looking at. Listen to this passage in 2 Corinthians 7, I mean 3, 17 and 18. It says this, Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate, this is a, this is a, a term of reflection, the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is a spirit. What is this passage telling us? It's saying this, listen, the times within rest that we choose to reflect on the goodness of God, when we remember the things that he has done, when we pull up the testimonies of his faithfulness and his goodness, when we sing praises to him and our spirits begin to line up with the truth that he is a good father, then we become, we get into the place of his presence where we begin to reflect who he is. As we contemplate, we reflect. As we reflect, we imitate. As we contemplate, we reflect, and as we reflect, we begin to imitate. But if we don't take the time to do that, if we don't take the time to reflect, if we don't take the time to consider who he is, that he is good, that he is true, then we will never reflect who he is in our life. Those times become more and more difficult. The next thing that I believe that rest does is it gives us the opportunity to reset, to reset our life. David uh, penned a famous psalm, 51, a psalm of repentance that we see. And if you've never read Psalm 51, I, I invite you to read that. Because Psalm 51 came after a broken period of sin in David's life. Where David had knowingly, willingly gone into sin that bore fruit of something that was awful and terrible and had an opportunity to destroy his life. Now, every one of us understand, maybe you hear me and you're, listen, Pastor, understand the importance of rest, but what about the times when rest eludes us? What about those times where rest is hard because our mind is racing or we feel the pressures of life surrounding us, coming to us, trying to overwhelm us, or even in, in the rare times that we feel the weightiness of our mistakes crippling us? How do we find rest in those moments? And this is what David did, as he began to cry out to the Lord. In this psalm of repentance, in Psalm 51, he began to cry out to the Lord. And he broke his heart before the Lord. But I want to read to you one particular passage in Psalm 51, verse 10, that shows that David got into a place of rest before the presence of God, where God began to say, listen, David, I forgive you. I'm standing you back up. And David reset his life. In a time of rest. Psalm 51.10 says this. Create in me a pure heart, O God. And renew, reset a steadfast spirit within me. I would tell you this morning this truth about rest. Is that you can't reset your life without rest. And every one of us needs to reset our life. 
you reset your computer, you reset your phone, you reset your, your routers from time to time, you reset everything. You reset your clock, you reset your, your car, everything gets reset. And in our own lives, our soul needs to be reset because the only period of refreshing that can come is when we are in a time of rest in the presence of God and we allow the Holy Spirit to reset our lives. This is not a prayer of saying, God, I'm a miserable sinner. This is not a man's heart that says, God, I can never be close to you. This is a man's heart that says, God, I'm encountering your grace in this period of rest. You brought me here. You caused me to sit down and be still. I was leading my own life. I was going my own direction. It did not work. I fell into a deep hole, but by your grace, you pulled me out of that hole, and before God sends you on your way, he sits you down and he says, listen, in my presence, in the place of rest, I'm going to reset you your life. And David cries out in Psalm 51:10 and he says, "Reset, renew a steadfast spirit in me." Why? Because I don't want to go leading my own life, and I realize unless I let you reset my life in the place of rest, I'm going to go lead my own life. Right? Yeah. It's true. We all do it. And so God pauses us, he stops us, and these are necessary times, things that happen in the context of rest. This resetting is so important because resetting allows us to regain our perspective upon Him. The times of trouble in my life come from the times that I lose my perspective about the truth of God. And I hear the Holy Spirit gently calling me back to a place of rest. And saying, Andy, if you will let me reset you, your perspective will be realigned. You're going to begin to see and understand my plans and my purposes for you. You're going to begin to understand and acknowledge the truth of my love for you. Resetting allows us also to release the negative out of our life. I think this is probably one of the more powerful truths that we read here in Psalm 51. Nobody cries out and says, God, put me back on the track. Now, come on, stop and think for a second, please. I want to to invite you to think here. This is David, king of Israel. The beginning of Psalm 51 starts like this. I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose my position I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose my honor. But most importantly, I'm going to lose the love of the one that I knew in the fields while I was tending my daddy's sheep. And as David cries out to the Lord, what happens is this. Is that God's grace surrounds him and lifts him back up to the place, reestablishes him. And you don't get to Psalm 51 verse 10 without understanding that you've got to let go of some wrong things thinking in your life because when God's grace comes into you and listen the grace of God shows up in the best at the best times during places of rest when the grace of God comes and it begins to fill your life then you get into a place where that grace begins to push out the wrong thinking of your life how many of you believe this morning that when we come into a place of rest and we come and we allow the Holy Spirit to reset our lives, 
that there's sometimes some thinking that God needs to push out, wrong thinking that we've held about ourselves. That we're too trapped in yesterday sometimes. That we're too worried about the mistakes of yesterday. Or we're too bound up by fear or anxiety. Where we can't see the goodness of God. And God allows us, brings us into, invites us into times to be still, to be quiet before Him, to allow His grace to come over us, to reset us, to clear away all of that garbage. He's a good Father. He's a good Father. I hope you're catching that this morning. I hope you, I hope you feel that, the importance of that, that we need to have this daily in our life. And then the last way is this, is that rest rejuvenates us. Rest rejuvenates us. This is what we understand naturally about rest, the importance of, of sleeping so many hours a night. How many of you can sleep four hours a night? Anybody? One, two, wow, you're superhuman. Three, oh my goodness, that's remarkable. How many of you need eight plus? Yes, hallelujah. All right. Ah, if I lift that leg up, I would, right? I'm a grumpy bear. I will come out swinging at, when, I, when I get it. It's, it's no bueno. You, rest naturally rejuvenates us. It resets our batteries. It, it gets us healthy into a place but spiritually speaking, rest rejuvenates us as well. In Psalm 1611, listen to this. This is a Psalm of David also. It says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence and eternal pleasures at your right hand. You know, what's amazing about this particular Psalm here is that this Psalm, if you, if you have your Bible, you'll see, maybe see it at the top of, of this chapter. It's called a miktam, a miktam. And what this word means is the worth of gold, of worth like gold. So David here is writing this psalm with the expression of his words it's to let readers understand and know that what he's about to tell you has more worth than gold. That if we would listen to the words, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to move through us to capture what's being said, that it has worth more than gold. But what's more interesting about this particular psalm is that it's believed to be written during a time of great peril for David. It's believed to be written during the time when David was running for his life from King Saul. Where Saul was hunting him like a dog. And he was living in caves. He was living a nomadic lifestyle. He was running from place to place, having to constantly look over his shoulder, having to go about at night so he wouldn't be seen, having to run in terror for his own life. And through this period of time, David pens several different psalms that, that go back and forth about the weightiness of this situation. But what's remarkable in Psalm 16 is this, is that we see David sitting down and stopping everything in a moment of rest in the midst of peril and saying, I want you to listen to my words because these words have more weight on them than a pound or pounds of gold. They'll bring life to you. They'll bring life to your soul. They will rejuvenate your soul. And David says this, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. 
with eternal pleasures at your right hand. When we come to rest and we allow rest to rejuvenate our souls, it does this. It brings us into the path of life. Every time we take time to spend time to rest, we should be in the presence of God, hearing His thoughts, hearing His plans, allowing His Spirit to lead us in the path of life, recharging the batteries of our soul. There's a weightiness that hits us from moving around this earth that takes a toll against our soul. And God invites us into the place of rest to rejuvenate our soul by leading us in the path of life and saying, listen, there is a place when you come in and you sit down and you get still and you begin to listen and you begin to receive and you begin to feel my pleasure. When you begin to understand the way I look at you, the way I think about you, that I created you fearfully and wonderfully, that I created you with a plan and a purpose, with a future and a hope, that I created you in love, that I created you, that I, I offered my son up for you. When, when we begin to feel that pleasure in our lives, this is the path of life that God is leading us in. And then the scripture tells us this. That rest rejuvenates us by filling us with joy. How many of us this morning even need a dose of joy? We need a dose of joy. I told my wife that if I see another piece of sheetrock on the ground, and, and I'm going to go out of my mind. I'm, I'm tired of sheetrock. I mean, anybody else there? Can we get real for just a second, right? You don't want to go into a dusty house. You don't want to hear about it. You don't want to see piles of junk on the road. You don't even want to hear commercials on the radio anymore, do you? Be honest, right? Some of you are there. Listen, and you're tired of it. And all that is is sapping on the joy bank of your life. And what God promises us to do in us is to bring us to a place of rest that rejuvenates us and brings us and fills us with joy. In His presence, there is fullness of joy. You will fill me with joy in your presence. He lets us know his great pleasure toward us. Justin, you can come on up, man. So finally, how do we find rest? How do we find rest in our life? I just want to give you a couple of practical things to help find rest in your life. The first thing is this. is to set the time aside. Set the time aside. That day of rest in Genesis 2 that we read about has a specific name because God blessed it. Scripture tells us in Genesis 2, 2 and 3 that God rested. He sat down. He sat still. He admired what he had done. He admired creation. He loved Adam and Eve. He loved them. He took pleasure in them. He took pleasure in the fact that they enjoyed his creation. He rested. The Scripture also says that he separated that day. And he blessed that day. And that's the day that we call Sabbath. And sure, there's arguments as to when Sabbath is. But I want to tell you that there needs to be a day of Sabbath in everybody's life. And Sabbath is something that God has designed. It's a principle that he's held to. That allows us to fill that time with the presence of Jesus. 
Today, right now, your decision to be here is a choice to honor Sabbath. Because your decision to be here, to sing about the name of Jesus Christ, to fellowship with other believers who love Jesus Christ, to hear the Word of God and let your spirits be filled with the Word of God that leads you into the image of Jesus Christ, you're creating a Sabbath. It's a time of rest. And every one of us in our life need to have this But it can't just be regulated down to a few hours Sunday morning. It needs to be an extended period of time. I believe what God's called us to as a people, He's never changed. He started this like we read in Genesis 2 at the very beginning. He never changed. It's to set a day aside where we honor Him. Where we stop with the work of our life. With the distraction of life, we allow that to be sidelined, that to be still, that to stop. And as people of God, we spend the time reflecting and being thankful about God. Now that may look different for every one of you. And if you are married and you have, to, and you have a family, that needs to happen in the context of that. Whereas a family, you sit down, as a family, you spend time together and you enjoy one another. That you reflect your attention at points and times during that, that day of rest back to being thankful to God. That you spend time, whether it's fishing or watching football or eating a dinner around a table, that you spend time and you take time to honor God. Why? Because in that context, you are allowing rest to come in. To reset you, to refill you, to rejuvenate you. You have to have a a dedicated time in your life for this. And I would go as far as to say this, that every one of us need a small portion of every day dedicated to rest. Whether it's at the beginning of your day or the end of your day. There needs to be a time where you're able to unload, you're able to download, you're able to relax, refrain, and enjoy and unwind. You need this. It's God's design. And in the context of rest, on a daily basis, even if it's 10 or 15 minutes, maybe it's as you go to bed talking to your spouse. Maybe, again, it's at the dinner table with your children. Or maybe it's just in a closet somewhere, a garage. Maybe you're setting your hand to something, but you're giving your heart and your attention to God. And you're resting. You're resting. You're allowing and giving God the cares of your life. You're unloading these things. You're downloading. You're giving opportunity, parents, to your children to reflect upon who God is. I don't want to jump up on a soapbox here. But listen, it's not complicated math. It's not rocket science. We want to talk about how we're going to rebuild a family in a, in a country. We want to talk about these things. We want to jump on bandwagons. We want to beat benches. We want to do all these things. But if we will just take God's simple principle that he put in at the very beginning of time and take time every day, whether it's around the dinner table or someplace else, a picnic table, and just say, guys, kids, I want you to understand something, that the good things that God has in our life, God has given, the good things he has done, 
He loves you. He is good. And we would just spend 10 minutes, just 10 minutes of time of rest before, as a family, before God, God would begin to transform and do powerful things within the family of this nation. I promise you, it's not complicated. It's not rocket science. But when we run and we run and we go and we go and we fill our time and our schedules up with everything and then before we know it, we don't understand what's happened and we live in the same roof and we're so far apart and we don't know what's happening and we cry out and say, God, please, please, please. And God says, will you stop and rest? Will you stop and rest? It's amazing how God can heal us in a time of rest. If we allow him to, men, there's so many things you can set your hands to. You can run and run and go and go until it's time for you to get into a coffin. But maybe God's saying, if you will stop and rest and ask me, I'm going to lead you into a place of life. Moms, your job is the most important one the universe has ever given But if you don't take time to rest, if you don't take time, carve out a little time. Pastor, there's no time in my day. I'm busy from the time I get up to the time I go to bed. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to declare the grace of Jesus Christ over you moms. In the name above every name, Jesus Christ, take five minutes for yourself to sit, to be still, to rest, and to find and know the pleasure that God thinks about you. Let him recharge your batteries. Let him recharge your batteries. We find rest when we set a dedicated time aside. We find rest when we fellowship with one another. Being here today should be a time of rest. In Acts 2.46 it says this. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. The early church has always amazed me. The power of the Holy Spirit that they walked in, the ministry that occurred, the miracles, the signs and wonders. I believe within any believer's heart, there's a place of our hearts that hunger for that. And we look for a formula, don't we? What did they do? How did they do it? And we try to break it down. But one of the things that they did is they took time to rest within the fellowship of each other. They took time to break break bread in their homes, to eat together. And in the process of doing this, fellowship occurred that recharged their batteries. We don't necessarily live in a world where we can do that anymore. Maybe we can, maybe we should. Maybe we should edge out more time in our life to enjoy meals as the body of Christ with one another. Maybe we should. Maybe we need that. Maybe all we have time for today is coffee. But the point of this is, this particular passage, I believe, is this. Is that one of the ways we find rest, especially in the times where we are facing, maybe like David, a time of peril, Maybe the pressure has built up around us on every side is that we have to reach out to other people. It's one of the benefits of the body of Christ. 
one of the reasons why you need to be connected in fellowship with one another. See, because God isn't aimless. God is not foolish. God seated us in this place together for a specific reason, that He's joined us together for a specific reason, because He understood that in Andy's life, that's me, that there were going to be times of weakness that there were going to be times of pain, that there were going to be times of struggle. And, and I want to stop and let you know that there really have been. I'm not using this as sermon banter. This isn't me trying to make a point. There have been times in my life, in my recent life, where my life has been riddled with anxiety and fear. It's crippled me. And I want to tell you how I got out of that. How I came to a place of rest when everything was raging around me and nothing was restful within me. When all of my cries to God felt like they went to the ceiling and bounced back down. Is that I reached out to people in this place and I said, will you just love me? Will you just pray for me? Can I just unload what's on my heart to you? And as I did, I gave a piece of that away. And the fellowship of the saints, the way God created it, they lifted that burden. Somebody said, I'm going to pray for that. I'm a, I got you covered. And somebody else said, don't be afraid. I've walked through this. I've been through this. Hey, it's going to be okay. You're going to be all right. And all of a sudden, my heart got lifted because God designed it that way. This is God's design. It's not an organizational structure. It's God's design to bring rest into the body. And it brought me to a place where I could rest, where I could hear God, where I could feel peace. And my encouragement to you is this, is that if you are walking around unconnected, it's time to connect. It's time to connect. You are loved, you are wanted, you are important, and I will go as far to say this, that you're not here on accident. Because there's something in you that we need. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I, I know, Lord, that the idea, the principle of rest is something that you created. But God, I know it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. We, we're like Bo the dog. God, we, we, want, <laughs> we want it, but we don't know how to get it sometimes. But Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to do something supernatural, truly supernatural in every heart this morning. As I'm asking you to let your peace rest upon every person. That they would begin to understand and know that it's okay to stop, to be still in your presence. That God, that you would begin to reset our lives. That we would begin to hear your voice clearer and clearer, your plans, your thoughts, your love, the pleasure you take, that God, the things that have maybe attached to us that we maybe don't even understand, but Lord, we just know there's something a little off, that God, as we're still and we rest in your presence and you reset our lives, that those things you just, you just knock off of us, that you get us back into the place of understanding who we are. That you begin to rejuvenate, Lord, our souls. Lord God, every person here whose, whose soul is heavy, Lord God, that their soul is, 
is weighted down with the cares and the concerns of this life, Father, I pray that you would begin, Holy Spirit, just to, to rejuvenate their soul, to fill it with joy. Lord, to fill it with peace. Lord, just fill, Lord God, and reset the batteries of their soul. Lord, that they would come to a place of peace and a place of joy that maybe they've not experienced in a long time. But Father, I declare your word over every person in this spot, Lord God, that in the place of rest, your presence is, and in your presence there is the fullness of joy. And so, Father, as we come into your presence, let joy come. As we reflect upon your goodness, God. Father, I understand that there's rest, that inside rest, there's decisions that need to be made. So, God, lead us in your grace. As husbands and wives, as moms and dads, as families, as moms, as fathers, as workers. Lord, lead us in your grace. Lord, to carve out the time that we need within our day and our week. Lord, to put rest in. That we would truly learn to rest in your presence. Father, I thank you. God, I thank you for every person here in the community of believers that you've put inside of Freedom Christian Fellowship. Lord, I thank you for your grace being upon every one of them in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen.